0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, wherever you may be. And welcome to episode number 10 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside here with Jim Wexel. And uh, take it or leave it, we're going to be covering the 16-16 tie, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Detroit Lions, a very disappointing contest. Um, don't know how we should feel today. Big Ben did not play because he was on a COVID list. And not only that, but the team loses T.J. Watt to hip and knee injury. Joe Hayden goes out with a foot. Several other injuries impacted this team. But overall, they were underwhelming offensively and defensively. And we're going to cover that game for you here this Monday, November 15th. Jim, I know that's a mouthful, but how are you doing on this uh, Monday?
1: I'm good. I live to be 61 now, and I'm celebrating that. It's uh, quite an accomplishment for how i feel. <clears throat> tortured myself for
0: 50 of those years, probably. Well, happy birthday. It's good to Thanks. celebrate with you here at 5 a.m., but hey, let's yeah, jump right you know, in. buddy. Let me just
1: tell you this. I, I looked. Somebody asked me when I was born, because that's how uh, astrology, that's the key to astrology. So I looked it up. It was 3.56 a.m. Oh, wow. This might have been the first birthday that I was up at that time. <laughs> so I celebrated my actual birth time. But uh, I, I, I'm glad you agreed to do this the next day because I'm going out tonight and I won't be up tomorrow morning at 3.56. <laughs> uh, but, no, we shouldn't make jokes because this is so sad. This is sad.
0: Yeah. It is sad. Yeah. It is a sad day, but I hope you have a great birthday celebration this evening and enjoy your sleeping tomorrow. But we'll start with the offensive side of the football and Mason Rudolph takes the reins for at least one game as Ben's out sick with COVID. Um, And underwhelming, to say the least, I had some hope with him coming into this contest that maybe he would be a bit more mobile, which he was. Uh, He had some decent runs, and he pushed the ball down the field early in the game. But after that first quarter, that seemed to fall off. What was your assessment on Rudolph in his first start of the 2021 season?
1: Well, you know, um, this was all for him Everybody had their opinions. It's funny. Everybody had their opinion. Well, if he beats it, beats this team, it's only the Lions. It won't mean anything. I mean, let's just watch. Okay, let this is up to Mason to determine his future in Pittsburgh, uh, or uh, maybe maybe that's saying too much because he is signed for next year. But his status. This was up to him to determine his status, and we could all gain our own knowledge. Well, I mean, it was all there for him, and he just did not take it. You, you can blame a lot of things, but there were some there were some bad throws. There were some bad moments. Of course, you know he read that beautifully. I, I, I at one point in the game, I said, "Is that Mark Gilbert, the guy the Steelers cut?" No, he was really raw, but he had some potential. And it, and the team, if if you're zero and eight, yeah, you you pick this guy up on your roster, but. If you see him out on the field and you know him, you go at him if you've got single coverage. And they did. And I saw Mason look over to DJ. I thought they're going they're going right after Gilbert. And they did. And they completed a deep ball. And it, it was just perfect as planned. Mason did everything right. He saw the matchup through made the pass, completed it. And then Gilbert forces the fumble on a come from behind poke away. So, I mean, that wasn't Mason's fault. No, that was one of the good things he did. But, you know, skipping that uh, third and two, third and goal pass to Ray Ray McLeod in the warm zone and throwing that high, hot one to uh, on third and down at midfield to, um, I believe it was DJ over the middle. Yeah, it's just, and, you know, the scramble was great. He reversed yeah. you know, he shows some mobility. You see why Thomas keeps talking about mobility in this Matt Canada offense. Okay, there it was. Then the next play he knocks out a safety, gets up, and the crowd's all his. We're with you, Mason. Yeah. First goal to the five. And then three incomplete passes. You know, he did not grab it and take it and, and make it his. So I can't. I, I can offer excuses for him, but it's not. It's not going to work. You know, it just he he looks like a backup quarterback that can step in and give you what he did yesterday—a chance to win. But this is not a guy you're going to build around.
0: Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there. I, the term that kept coming up in my head is managerial, um, and I know game managers can win football games and they could lead teams to successful seasons, but. I don't think that he's anything more than that. And for as much as we've been critical of Ben Roethlisberger, had he have played, it would have been a different outcome.
1: You assume, I, I you know,
0: I think happens. he makes that at least that, that uh, third down throw there to Ray <laughs> Ray. <laughs> I mean, I know that was just, I egregious. know, but
1: also, you know, he's thrown to middle linebackers and it's experience. true. You no, know, things happen. and, and, we're not sure, but sure, you know Ben. Yeah, Ben, Ben, Ben completes those passes. That that high hard one over the middle. It should have been intercepted by the safety, but yeah,
0: yeah. Well, in terms of Roethlisberger getting back on the field for next Sunday, I'm not sure. In terms of COVID protocol, how long he has to be out, or if there's a chance for him to get back on the field. But hopefully, he is back for the Chargers game, and it's not. Uh, a second go round for Rudolph because that would be difficult to overcome against the Chargers. Have you heard anything in terms of Ben being available for next weekend?
1: Well, he's symptomatic, and um, so he'll be tested again. He has to clear. Uh, he has to clear two tests within a 24 hour period. The assumption by everybody and people who've had these. Minor bouts. I assume they're minor bouts. I hope it's a minor bout. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in will he play, won't he play? The surprise of him not playing, we we don't worry about his actual health. So, you know, you hope all's well there. And just because there was no chatter about it at all, I assume he's okay. And mm-hmm. then I assume he'll be back.
0: Okay. Well, that will be uh, important, um, coupling Ben alongside Najee Harris, who continues to be the, the heart of the offense. He finished with the 105 rushing yards last night, but it didn't seem that they committed to the run uh, as much as they have in pre- previous games. I think he had 26 carries, but it didn't seem like that was the focal point of the offense with Rudolph throwing 50 times. Did you get that sense that there was more of a priority uh, put on the pass as opposed to the run?
1: You know, with this RPOs, um the Lions can dictate what they want him to do. You know, Mason, I, I don't know if Ben's like this. I don't know that Ben is fully accepting of the RPO fundamentals that Mason grew up with. And so that was part of my interest in Mason was maybe he'll run these RPOs better and he's more natural with them. But it seemed like he stuck by the book all the time and threw when they put more guys in the box. Mm-hmm. He would do his count and therefore the lions could talk that quarterback into doing whatever they wanted. So if they put six men at the line, six defensive linemen up there, they, they weren't going to run Najee. I'm not sure that Ben bucks, some of those statistics, some of those analytics or whatever, but Mason sure didn't. And so they talked him into 50 passes on a wet November day.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's, you know, maybe he changes, maybe he doesn't, but I I don't know, I don't know. You know, I didn't see people running wide open. Um, everything seemed difficult. There was one on one coverage, even even when, when Mark Gilbert.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To, I mean, he, he he was it wasn't an easy bomb over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, nothing was that easy. So there's got to be room for maneuvering when you count well who's in the box especially with Najee. You know, you sometimes got to do what you want to do when it's first and goal at the five. No, you're not going to talk us into throwing three passes here. We got a buck in the back and we're going to run them. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that was that was disappointing. I think there was some frustration from, from Harris. And in terms of the offensive line, um, you know, we talked before we got on here about Kendrick Green's um, high-flying snaps and then the injuries that occurred to Kevin Dotson, Trey Turner went out. The general uh, came in this game, and then you had J.C. Haasnauer in. The offensive line seemed okay to me. I don't think they were horrible. There were definitely some plays that, um, you know, they weren't up to the standard. But how about your assessment of the offensive line against the Lions?
1: How about my assessment of the officiating on that holding call and Dan Moore to call back a touchdown that resulted in a field goal? But that was well after Najee had passed him by even if there actually was a hole. Well, who cares? Come on. And Kendrick Green, you know, it wasn't just that one bad snap. I mean, was if, if you were surprised that he finally sent one over Mason's head, you weren't watching the rest of the game because Mason was snaring some bad mm-hmm. snaps pretty much the entire game. I, I I didn't put a count on it, but so that was, that was problematic. And I thought that the backup guards filled in pretty well. Mm. You know, the general, (laughs) I looked down the press row, I said, is the general, there's a lot of guys that call him the general now, you know, ever since I tabbed him that in August. It's not a difficult nickname when your last name's (laughs) Haig. So, and plus that, that commercial with the general (laughs) Geico, I'm not sure. So I looked down to Dale Lolly. I said, has, has the general been, was the general out there last series? He goes, no, this is the first I'm seeing him too. And Dejon was in the middle. He goes, the general? General Haig? Oh, my God. I did it. I did it. <laughs> but he did okay. He, I thought, I, I haven't watched the tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Lions aren't the Bears. It wasn't Akeem Hicks out there. It wasn't Eddie Goldman out there. It was Nick Williams. And um, so it wasn't that difficult a chore. Uh, so they did the job, hour and uh, the general, and
2: uh,
1: they did all right. I-, I-, I had no complaints. You know, the holding call was, I thought, terrible. And uh, the snaps, the snaps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then wrapping up the offense, just to talk about the receivers and also uh, the tight end, Pat Frayermuth. Uh, but just the fumbles and the drop passes, James Washington, Deontay had a few drops this game. And then, then the fumble on that big catch and run there towards the end uh, just really shot the Steelers in the foot. And then with Freyermuth, if he holds on to that ball, they at least, at least give Boswell a chance to to make that kick. But it just seemed like everything that could go wrong yesterday did, especially when you have your backup quarterback in there.
1: Yeah, you know. When backup quarterbacks play, the rest of the team turns it up internally, whether they know it or not. It's just a natural survival mode. And I, I'm, I'm going to read a, something that Craig Wolfley told me, and I think I put it in the A to Z, but I'm not sure. This was Wolf talking to me Saturday. You know, Wolf's the sideline reporter played. He was the sideline reporter. He's now the broadcast analyst. But he said, it's going to be wet. They are an indoor team. November rain is kind of miserable. Snow is one thing because snow doesn't soak you. But a little bit of rain and a mushy ground, that can be aggravating if you're an indoor team. You get soaked and wet. For the divas out there, the weather can be a problem. So, okay, I didn't know how many divas were on Detroit because they're not very good, so how can they have any divas, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't think of the divas that might be affected on the Steeler side. So start looking down the list. Yeah. Who, who who is who is there? You know who mm. really didn't have that that enthusiasm, that energy that the Lions played with, and all, mm. all their terrible players. They had energy. Yeah. So I'm not going to point fingers because I'm not sure. You know, James Washington started great and then didn't seem to be able to get off the ground. I thought Mason threw him a decent comebacker that he could have stopped and gone up. You know, Mason knows his old boy. He should have stopped and gone up and caught that, but he couldn't get off the ground. Mm -hmm. I don't know that James is no diva, but maybe he was affected because he was playing early when he was playing well early when it wasn't raining. Uh, You know, and some of the other guys, I don't think Fryer Moose a diva, but. You know, what was Devin Bush doing out there? What was Minka doing out there? I mean, Minka did have a pick that was called back because Devin was holding, and it was a good call, and it probably affected the pick. So you can't say, whoa, 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 because Devin hold, held the guy who was thrown to that, that Minka broke on and picked it off. But, I mean, you can you can ask yourself that question. Who didn't play well? Who yeah. was affected by the weather? Who thought it was too icky to play? So yeah.
0: yeah, and that's a perfect segue over to the defensive side of the football. And it starts with that run defense, which all season we've seen it leaky. Um, m- maybe not for is it an extended period of time as we saw against the Lions, because it seemed like it lasted up until the end of the third quarter until the Steelers finally tightened the screws. But we know that the defensive line is depleted without Stephon Tuitt out there. Cameron Hayward is the saving grace. It seems like he's the only one who's making plays, but Joe Schobert and Devin Bush are just not getting it done. Can they fix this run defense, or is this what we have to expect for the remainder of the season?
1: Look like they fixed it after the first drive of the second half. I mean, you know, I haven't done the numbers. They sure helped bottled uh, Detroit up, and I wasn't impressed with Swift as a runner, and he kept just gaining yards. And then Igwe Bique, the nephew of former punter Donald Igwe BK, he of three carries in the last three years, ripped off the touchdown run up the middle. How many? I was that? about 154 yards that run. And he dragged some potential divas across the goal line. Uh, that was grim. That was grim stuff. and yeah. Those backs didn't impress me all that much. And I said, I, I think it was Ed Bouchette. I said, Ed, did you think Swift was a good back? He goes, man, he got outside. He goes, I, he didn't look fast, but he got outside on that one. And, and I believe uh, Decker was bullying uh, Highsmith for a while there. Mm-hmm. You know, Decker's a good player. but Then Highsmith, Highsmith turned it up at the end. So I, yeah. I'm not going to totally condemn Highsmith's game. but Man, I I I I thought Swift was so slow. Oh, how was he getting all the yards? And he's not that powerful. So I could be wrong about him. You know, appearances could be wrong. He did get outside. He, he, maybe he's faster than he looks. But, man, I thought that was just an average back that they should have been pummeling, and they didn't. Is it going to get fixed? It kind of did in the second half. Tom mm-hmm. uh, talked about. They, they were uh, screwing up on the gaps early because of the tackle eligible on the other team on the Lions. So I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe you have a better take on that, but you know, I, there's nothing I can say that we all didn't see. I mean, you know, yeah. tackle uh, the middle linebackers, and I tell you, it looked like Devin got better as the game went on because they stopped bringing Splain in. I thought he found a rhythm. And maybe that has been a problem for him. I'm not sure. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, two 200 plus yards rushing allowed is uh, con- very concerning, especially when it's given up to a not very good Detroit team. And just looking at that schedule that's coming up with Baltimore on there twice, they've got to patch things up. And again, it's kind of the same um, discussion that we've had is, There are periods where they're giving up these big runs. They make some adjustments and clean it up. But at some point when you're playing these better teams, you can't do that because if you're going to get in a hole, especially with this offense, it's not built to, you know, come back from a, a major deficit, but hopefully they can get Stephon to it back on the field, but that doesn't seem like that's happening anytime soon. I mean, how can they achieve more consistency here? Is it just a matter of, being on their fundamentals more? Is it a practice issue? Is it changing uh, the lineup to, to incorporate Splain in there more? Do you think there are tweaks they can make to be more consistent?
1: Well, like I said, they got better as they stopped using explain. Mm-hmm. I know every, he, you know, Keith Butler says he's not the run stopper. Everybody thinks he is because of that hit on Derek Henry. So, and, and Tom said, they're just trying to find a niche for him. So they got some playing time. They got their backup linebacker ready. He's played enough this year. If that's what their goal was. I, I, I have faith in Devin still. Mm-hmm. At I, I, the end of that game gave me a little bit. So it's not all Devin. I mean, Isaiah bugs, you know, and Henry Mondo, everybody loves him, but you know, where is he? Let's run at him. Uh you know, you could say it's practice. And I don't know what Joe Schobert was talking about because I wasn't over there. And sometimes those are, are taken out of context. Maybe mm-hmm. he just was saying, we just got to work harder. Or, you know what? Yeah. When you say after a, a, a miserable game. So I don't see any solutions out there except score more points, <laughs> you know, or put James Pierre at inside linebacker. Yeah. That dude was hitting. That dude was coming up and making some plays. Terrell Edmonds played well, too.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. For as critical as I've been of Edmonds, he did have a nice game uh, yesterday. Huge sack.
1: Uh, huge sack, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In terms of TJ's injury um, and and Joe Hayden, have you heard anything in, in terms of timetable for those two? Um, I know that Watt's injury at first looked pretty significant. Hopefully that he's not out for any extended period of time.
1: Doesn't seem like he will be, but and it's wait and see. Uh, stuff might be coming out on Twitter today.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: always recommend checking out Jerry Dulac's Twitter feed. Uh, he's uh, he's on top of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tuesday is uh, Tom, will be Tomlin's uh, pronouncements. So you know,
0: yeah,
1: that's kind of grim. But they got a sixth round pick for Mel- Melvin Ingram, so.
0: And just speaking of uh, Ingram, looking at that, Kansas City had a big win last night over the Raiders. But on the stat, stat sheet, he only had one assist, zero sacks. So I know a lot of people are upset today, following the the Watt injury. That oh, they should have kept Ingram, but he's not doing much over in Kansas City. And good
1: yeah. good nugget by you, Jeremy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the taco, a- the taco is uh, getting his opportunity right now, uh, along with. With Tuska, and then the secondary. I know at the before we got on the air today, we talked about um, Jared Goff and just how bismally he played. So I don't know if we want to give any credit to the Steelers secondary here because it was just poor quarterback play on top of him being injured. But the secondary, I guess, was the lone bright spot by default.
1: Well, James Pierre, very interesting. I mean, you know. Uh, Tom told the broadcast crew last week that this guy was going to be a star. That kind of surprised me. I, I mean, I'll, you got to love his size. You got to love his demeanor. But I didn't know he was that highly regarded. And wow, yesterday was impressive. So there's there's a there's a nice glimmer there. You're looking for pieces. Minko will play better. We know that. I mean, that pick was pretty cool. He yeah. that was a, a time in in the game or a guy like that makes a big play, and he did. It was called back. Um, The other side, uh, who's the corner on the other side? Sutton. It's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm not too down on the secondary. I just, you know, how can you give up that kind of run yardage when the quarterback is so ineffective and their receivers are so nondescript? Mm -hmm. So, and you're you're obviously, somebody's covering Hawkinson because they didn't throw to him much. But Jared Goff, wow, when did he get so bad? And what were the Lions doing? I don't know how that how they ended up with him and lost Stafford. I, I don't follow the Lions. That's an abysmal bunch over there. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the fans it, were not the Lions. Yeah. And he's saving grace this morning.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Well, and I wonder if they're uh, feeling any sense of release, relief or celebration. I know that they haven't won a game, so I wonder if they've – fill anything with it with the tie um it has to feel better for a loss for the lines but just overall I know we've been um or at least I've been talking about the the Tomlin special um you know it's not a loss it is a tie it does help somewhat um in playoff seeding the Steelers are right now the sixth seed um ahead of that seventh wild card spot and I believe uh at this juncture they would play um I think it's the Oh, geez. I looked at this morning. I can't remember, but they're right now they're, half the season to go. Yeah, really. <laughs> but they're at least they're at least in position that they could hold on um, over these last eight games. Uh, and it's going to start with the Chargers this weekend. It's a Sunday night contest and they're going to get into, um, you know, the, the bulk of the division with with the Ravens twice. Cleveland got absolutely shellacked yesterday by the Patriots. Um, you got a contest coming up against the Bengals, but they're going to have to get better starting Sunday. Um, Where do you see this team going from here, Jim?
1: Oh, you know, I don't want to end the season now. And Steelers fans are great in that they really know this wasn't a contending team, I think, and then the injuries start happening, and then Ben showing his age. And they're still in it like you look you know, look what do they got to do to get back in it draft 22 other guys <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> i don't really have an answer we're, we're all seeing what's happening here um hey you know twists of fate can happen james Pierre you know can he can he do this uh can claypool come back in time they're really getting a lot of injuries so i have no answers. And, um, I, I don't want the, the and I don't think the fans are going to shut down. They're still going to follow this team, but you know, what can they do? I, I, you ask me, I'll ask you, what do you expect?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, um, to that point, I know you referenced Dejan Kovacevic earlier. I was reading his column this morning before I got on here. And he said that he is officially burying the Steelers, uh, he he doesn't think that they have what it takes to to contend and i would i would have to agree i don't know if they can contend but you can never say never with the team um What's i think
1: they... day that a month ago i mean i mean i mean you're gonna officially pronounce them buried today wow how yeah. astute of you yeah <laughs> i mean you know it's just continue as was you know this look at all the guys they were missing to tell the truth
0: right. That's, right. a,
1: that's a start. How are those guys coming back? I don't know. I don't think they're going to come back in time. Claypool, TJ, look at all the – look at the guys they were missing. Yeah. two And the, the offensive line, a rebuilt offensive line is now rebuilding again.
0: <laughs> in yeah. the middle
1: of the season. So,
0: yeah. And I, I think no – Backup just...
1: running back. No backup running back. You know, they're still – what if Najee gets nicked?
0: I mean that's a that's a game changer there. If Paris is out and it's Benny Snell football,
1: but all that's... you can do all you can do is watch this and still enjoy it. You know that was an edge of the seat game, for as sloppy as it was. Mm-hmm. And I saw a baseball writer make fun of it, and I cover the Pirates, and that was the worst thing I've watched all year. No, I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I I might have watched three innings of the Pirates this year. I can't say any, either of those innings I watched all year. Had me on the edge of my feet. <laughs> so I'm not saying shut down on the season. Things can happen. Yeah. Maybe Ben needed a week off too. Yeah. It wasn't a tie. It wasn't a loss.
0: Right. My, my glass is half full. And I, I will say this. I mean, you look yesterday, the, the Washington football team upsets the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions. They beat the Buccaneers. I'm sure that the Bucks are getting roasted right now. If you go back the previous week, the Jags beat the Bills. So it, it, these are professional teams; they get paid just like the Steelers get paid. You know these these things are going to happen. There's going to be clunkers and stinkers. But and I, I pulled up the uh, playoff standings, and I am getting a bit ahead of myself here. No, I'm thing-
1: glad I'm glad you're still into it, and and uh, you're 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 uh, um, emblematic symptomatic. Of the fan base. Yeah. That's great because it's still going to continue and they're still in it. So bury away, you know, be a genius. Yeah. I I mean, this is the same as it was a month ago. It's pretty much the same group and it's still something to watch and it's still fun.
0: And I'll go back to what you said earlier uh, a couple weeks ago that this is a team in development and the development doesn't stop. It continues. This is a, a young group. But right now they're the fifth seed. And if we were in Wild Card Weekend, we'd be traveling to Kansas City.
1: <laughs> wow, fifth seed—that's surprising.
0: Yeah, so, okay.
1: but I, I have more—I have more to say on what this means. But go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say, you know, they—they they have an opportunity. Um, Chargers coming up. I and I have every every year. I get a gut feeling about a game. <laughs> I'm gonna put it out here into the universe but i have i don't know what it is when i look at the schedule i have a i'm not going to make any um pronunciations here but i have a good feeling about this contest versus the chargers um steelers nation travels very well um i wait, think wait
1: wait 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 i always i always my skin crawls when i hear that steelers nation's already out there in love that's
0: it. true They don't need to
1: travel at all. They need to just get in their car and get on the freeway, (laughs) buck buck all that traffic, but Steeler nation's already out there. So anyhow,
0: that's an astute, astute observation. I'm getting schooled every every week here.
2: I
1: I, I wrote a book called Steelers nation. So Steeler nation actually. So I'm sensitive to some of that travel. Well stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. All all good. Interrupt away. But, um, Big game if they can if they can get the win against the Chargers, that's going to make everybody forget about this tie. And then the following week they take on the Bengals, and then after that you have the Ravens. So
1: you got to dig the corpse up, right?
0: That's it. Dig yep, the there's... corpse up, prop it
1: up like that movie with the Bernie's weekend. Yeah,
0: weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> There's no time to lick the wounds here. They got to they got to get ready to go because it's uh we know h- historically traveling to the West Coast the teams have struggled uh doing that, but they they've got to get get ready to go. They've got to get Ben back. Um but I have a good feeling about Sunday.
1: Well, that's good. That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, no, seriously, you know, I I have uh, been a. Sports gambler my whole life, and I do know that people that don't gamble that get these premonitions are pretty good. It's the gamblers that are just are mired in the muck. They can't really pick anything <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just they're they're mired in the muck, like James yeah. Washington trying to go up for a, a catch. Yesterday, so I appreciate. I don't think you're a gambler. As I am a,
0: not. I am not a gambler. I
1: appreciate the innocence. I'm like a vampire looking for fresh blood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just just got this feeling. I got got this feeling that it's going to be. So we'll have to wait and see. But on the flip side, we're going to wrap the show up with the terrible three today. Jim, are you ready to go? I am. All right, here we go. So first up, Mason Ru- Rudolph is either quarterback of the future, um, or are they going to draft or sign a free agent this offseason?
1: Well, I don't think he's the quarterback of the future, but he could be uh, contractually next year's quarterback. I would just, you know, Ben has made quotes that look like he's, uh, nobody's asked him, is this the last year? And I think that question's coming, but uh, he has made reference to this being his last year. So, yeah, I don't, I really don't see him supri- trying to surprise people and coming back again. So that would leave Mason, even if they draft a quarterback. There's, they're not low enough to get, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> a franchise guy if there was a franchise guy, and I don't think there's a franchise guy out there. So yeah. whoever they draft will be, won't be starting at least the first half of the season. Yeah. So you're going to have to need now uh, if they can, they have some money if they can go out and get a guy Russell Wilson that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it?
0: It'd be amazing
1: and you don't even have to draft a quarterback you know you can <laughs> draft your off- offensive lineman and uh it's supposed to be a really deep draft it's too bad they've traded away all their picks
0: yeah <laughs> I've, I've started to look at some of the quarterbacks that are um, going to be available in this year's draft so we'll have to eventually not too soon but eventually start digging into that
1: well who do you like give me just give me one guy
0: I, I Then the name I brought up um, the last time we discussed uh, Malik Willis, uh, super athletic.
1: Have you watched him?
0: Can a little bit, not not. T- uh,
1: really having a bad year. He's supposed to look awful.
0: He he hasn't put up the the numbers that he did uh, the previous year, but he, the, I think he has like almost 900 yards rushing. Do over... we care about
1: numbers when he's playing for Liberty?
0: I mean, the stats gotta, are the stats. You
1: got to you know. pass the eye test too. I mean. I heard, uh, I read Lance Zierlein, he 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 watched the um, Ole Miss Liberty game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Cor- Coral played?
0: Matt Coral, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he likened Coral to uh, uh, Baker Mayfield and Willis to Steve McNair, and that got my interest. So I started reading more about him, and there were people just trashing him, saying, you know, if he wasn't coming into this draft with such – uh, draft Nick love. And uh, just because of his tools, he would be a seventh round pick. He's showing absolutely nothing this year, my understanding. And I'm not a fan of Liberty college and I really don't want anybody from there. That, <laughs> that's just personal.
0: So. Right. I'll tell you what, Next for the next episode, I'll start uh, just offering little snippets of some of these guys that are out there. So I'll have a little capsule uh, for, for Willis and we can start previewing what's going to be available there uh in the upcoming draft. So, and then
1: they sign Russell Wilson and all of this is moot.
0: There we go. Yeah. But they're still going to need a young guy to, to start developing. So I think
1: Mason, the, Mason's still young, isn't he?
0: <laughs> See, I'm shutting the door like Dejon's burying the Steelers. I'm I'm burying Rudolph here. So <laughs> All right, number 2. So Stefan too, we we talked about the uh rush defense. Is he going to come back this season? Um and what's, what's going on there?
1: I I wish I knew I really do. And, um, you know, say it's a, say it's a mental health issue now. And my daughter wrote a uh, essay and won a scholarship for writing about speaking out about mental health issues. And everybody agrees. We should treat this like every other issue and not, make it taboo. Well, that's up to the person, individual. Yeah. If, it, if it is a mental health issue, then okay. Uh I don't I don't agree with making it taboo and not talking about it, but that's his prerogative. It's still a HIPAA thing. So and that should fall under all other health issues too. Yeah. If you don't want people to know about whatever cancer you might have, that's understandable. Nobody should know that and nobody should release that information. So all I'm saying is I don't know, you know, it was a knee and I saw him working out in a knee brace, so, uh, he, he and it looked like he lost all the weight he had gained, he gained mm-hmm. a ton of weight over summer. And so, uh, it looked like he lost it all. And, uh, I thought he was going to be back soon, but who knows? I don't know what happened. So I don't have the answer and I haven't been digging and it's not like, even if they did have an open locker room, I don't know that I'd be going around asking his mm-hmm. team kids. What's going on here? I might ask Cam and I I did ask Cam, is he going to play this year? Cam said, yeah, I I assume. Yeah, I think so. He was surprised by the question. Mm -hmm. So Cam at the time thought he was going to play. And that's the one guy I I would trust Mm -hmm. to know whether it's okay to talk about this or not. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have no answer for you.
0: No, I I think that's a a great answer just to hear Hayward's take on it. And there are still eight games left. So whenever he could come back, he would be a boost for that defensive line. And then the last one, Jim, here, is a tie worse than a loss or is it equally as bad? Can you contextualize this for the fans? And what does this tie mean for the remainder of the season and in terms of their playoff potential?
1: Well, it means the writers won't have to calculate tiebreakers, <laughs> you know, and, and the gamblers. They want a half game on this because the over under on the win total for the season is eight and a half. Why doesn't this count as a half? (laughs) It doesn't. So that's all that at the time. But all the people who are down about this, I'm going to I'm going to read this quote from Dan Campbell of the Lions. He was asked, you know, Tomlin uh, Hayward said, ties suck. Tomlin had no there wasn't even I don't think anybody was going to even ask. Are you happy with a tie? You know, nobody in the Pittsburgh was happy. So they asked Dan Campbell a couple times, and about the third time they asked him about the tie, he kind of gave in a little bit. It was kind of a win. Uh, it, it, here's the question. It's not a win, but in these conditions against that team, is there some impact for that team in the locker room right now to come out with a tie, meaning it's a Lions. How did the tie impact? He's kind of asking them, are you are you taking this as a win?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Campbell, the Lions coach, said, yeah, I mean, look, here's the positive of it. If that's a good football team out there, and that's a winning football team. They've done it right for a long time. They play a physical, bully-type brand of football, and we went toe-to-toe with them. And I think that's what it says. So in that regard, I was proud of those guys. And I think you do take something away from that. We were able to go in there. Now, you don't hear the kind of quote from the Steelers about the Lions, right? Yeah. You heard what he said about the Steelers, and that's why fans, that's why they're so interested. That's why we're up at five in the morning talking about this for the fans. That's why we're you're still counting the playoff potential and wondering about the future. You're into it. And can you imagine being a Detroit fan? You know, I asked Mike, I didn't ask Mike Wagner. Mike Wagner went into the hall of honor and he's, he's sick and he's sick. Someone asked him, what does it mean? Shit, I'm breaking up, but he began crying. It was the end of a press conference and, uh, he just was breaking up. He said, I didn't start for three years in college. He went to Western Illinois. I asked him, are you a leatherneck? He said, I'm a fighting leatherneck. That's the Western Illinois fighting leathernecks. He was an 11th round pick. He didn't start three years at Western Illinois. Finally got to start as a senior. Kind of like my daughter. Finally starts as a senior and becomes first team all conference. And Mike Wagner got drafted in the 11th round because of his computer numbers. They just took a shot because of his 40 time and he was an athlete. And he got four rings and you know, Donnie Shell went in the hall of fame. The steel curtain has hall of famers all around him. Mike Wagner, to those of us who watched in the seventies was a special kind of free safety. He was that kind of smart thinker that came up with big plays, but he wasn't, he wasn't the hall of famer. And he, he you would assume a guy like that gets lost in the crowd the way Larry Brown got lost in the crowd. But these electors that they have for this Hall of Honor are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they they dug deep, and they know Mike Wagner was a, a legitimate part of that team. So he broke down, and he talked about what this organization meant, what it meant for him to be a nobody out of Western Illinois Leatherneck country, to come in here as an 11th-round pick, win four rings, and then get voted to the Hall of Honor and to be asked what it meant. So it's very special to be a steeler. And then Greg Lloyd was asked um, about his uh, uh, incoming class and where he came from, which was Fort Valley State. And uh, he came in with Rod Woodson and Merrill Hodge and Delton Hall. And I believe there were another starter too, in an 87 underrated 87 draft class. And I, I said, Greg, you came so close to winning it all. Do you have? Do you, are you over it yet? Do you, do you have any regrets? Here's a guy that played in a Super Bowl. One of the few Steelers teams has lost the Super Bowl. The other loss was by a group of guys who had won two Super Bowls. So Greg never got his Super Bowl. And he was so close. If it wasn't for a quarterback throwing awful picks, he wins his ring. I said, are you over it yet? He goes, you know, when I came in, we were terrible. 87, we were terrible. But we got really good. And that mid '90s team might not have won at all, but it it set the path. It got everybody right. So when you hear people talking about, oh, here come the '80s with with Ben retiring, we may have just gone through the '80s because rebuilding from a dynasty is difficult. And I think Ben's the reason they haven't been back to the Super Bowl is because he keeps them at eight and eight. <laughs> they haven't had their four and twelve season because he's good enough to carry a rebuilding team. Yeah. To an eight and eight record, I mean, Mm -hmm. Tomlin gets the credit, but it's Ben. It's Ben playing well enough to get to eight and eight with a rebuilding, struggling team. So maybe they went through their eighties, and maybe this this great draft class with all these rookies starting is that '87 draft class that moves this team back into its mode again. And so you hear, you heard Dan Campbell say what it meant to tie this kind of organization, which we know they're struggling. Dan Campbell just sees it from the outside. We know there are parts missing and there's, there's, there are problems here, but Dan Campbell's looking at the overall picture. Mike Wagner was looking at the overall picture. Greg Lloyd looked at it as uh, we might not have won it all, but we turned it around. We we played with grit. We, we showed them again, what it meant to be a Steelers uh, player. And that's what people like Najee Harris are doing right now and Alex Highsmith guys like that. So, you're not the Lions, is what I'm trying to say. You know, the Lions don't say, oh, here come the 80s again. Yeah. They say, oh, here comes another 50 year Bobby Lane curse again. <laughs> you know, they've won one playoff game since Bobby Lane said this team won't win for 50 years.
2: Wow. That,
1: that when they traded him to the Steelers. And, you know, that uh, they only won one playoff game since then. And that was uh, the team Kevin Colbert and Ron Hughes built before they came to Pittsburgh. So don't be too down. I mean, you're in the middle of a, a great culture and you're all the fans out there are part of that culture yeah. and they're not going to back away. They're going to they're going to call each other names today on Twitter. <laughs> they're they're going to all uh, salute Dejan for his uh, vision of this is not a good team. And, you know, and we're going to go back and forth and people are going to snipe, but it's all good. It's all winning culture. It's all, it's all special. So don't forget about that. Yeah. And it is a tie. So that puts your tie into context. So I don't mean to get so philosophical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was great. That was very super insightful to close out the terrible three there. So always great stuff, Jim. Great talking Steelers football with you today, even though it was a tie. Uh, everybody, please check out Jim's work on the Steel City Insider. Uh, You can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check me out on Twitter at Still Study and check out my site, thestillstudy.com. And we will be back here next week following the big Steelers win over the Chargers. I'm calling it now. Uh, They're going to pull it out. (laughs) Hopefully I'm not eating those words. Uh, But Jim, always great talking Steelers football with you. I'll see you here next week.
1: All right, Jeremy. Thanks. Take care.
0: Take care.